Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with Dr. Natalie Bessem of Hamilton Physician Group Primary Care Dalton. Thank you so much for coming in, Dr. Bessem. Thanks. Glad to be here. Dr. Bessem is a board-certified family medicine physician. She completed her medical training at Edward Via Virginia College of Osteopathic Medicine on the campus of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, and her residency and internship at Washington Health System in Washington, Pennsylvania. She treats adults and and children age two and up. Hamilton Physician Group Primary Care Dalton is located in the Medical Plaza at 1107 Memorial Drive, Suite 200, across from Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Today, we're going to talk about holistic health. Dr. Bessem, what exactly is holistic health? Well, holistic health is really the practice of working with the whole person and improving his or her overall health, but mental outlook and energy as well. Rather than having people come in when they're just sick, I really encourage people and anyone who uses a holistic physician to use more of a wellness-based model when you come in when you're well. And we try to persist that wellness so that you don't get sick in the future. So that wellness, you're probably familiar with emotional and physical wellness, but you can also have other areas like occupational, intellectual, financial wellness, social, environmental wellness, and even spiritual parts. All of the dimensions are interconnected and you build one on the other. I understand. You know, that is very interesting. We hear a lot about creating balance in our lives. Is that part of holistic health balance? Absolutely. If you have balance, that's an important part of being healthy in general. You can make sure you have times to be happy and fulfilled and balance out the times that you have to do things you may not want to. Sometimes you can have balance when you're working, whether it's paid or volunteering, having fun, spending time with family and friends, if you're in your community being active, physically active, or just sleeping. You know, it sounds like there's a lot to this balancing act. There sure is. A whole lot to this type of medicine. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we can work towards improving our holistic health. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for Life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System. Health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Bessem from Hamilton Physician Group, Primary Care Dalton. We're talking about holistic health. Now, how can we incorporate holistic health and wellness into our own lives? Well, one way is really to have routines and habits. A lot of life's demands or your stresses, uh, if anything comes up like a crisis or trauma, can alter your routine. And this leads to emotional or physical imbalances. But if you have healthy habits or establish better, more supportive habits, you can have wellness goals that you can achieve more realistically. And honestly, I'll be the first to admit that changing your habits can be very challenging. But in the long run, you can lead to positive feelings, relationship satisfaction, more energy, being inspired and feeling more like you have your creative talents and your purpose figured out. A lot of us have regular practice that makes us feel better, whether that's exercising or being in a state of mindfulness. Some people attend church. Maybe you call your friends. 
Some people even avoid the news at night or spending time online if it makes you stressed. But you know yourself is really what I would say. Uh, you know what works for you and what doesn't. So when you're not sure, you can ask someone you trust that's close to you and just talk about it together, what might help you be more balanced. You can also consider having a purpose. Do you have one? Do you feel like you're fulfilled? We can increase our activities like physical activities or rest and even having the right amount of social interaction is appropriate. Sometimes too much stimulation or social media can be detrimental. And just using a routine that works in your schedule so that you're not more stressed when you have to do the certain behaviors or have the habits. And when you repeat it, it becomes more automatic and successful. You know, those are some great tips. What about physical wellness? What should we do to improve our physical wellness? Well, certainly eating a balanced diet, your nutrition, exercising, getting enough sleep, and also your health in general is very important. This is all part of the physical dimension of wellness that I mentioned. And the routines or balances can create physical wellness, but you also need a good place to start, like having your annual physical. And if you check in with your doctor and make sure that there's no unforeseen health problems before they start, you can be more on track to the physical wellness path. That, and that goes back to what you were saying before, see the doctor while you're well. That's exactly right. You, you hear a lot about brain health nowadays. <laughs> Tell me about brain health. Too many advertisements, I'm afraid. But uh, yes, intellectual or brain wellness is part of the wellness dimensions. And in fact, if you have a better physical and mental well-being, it can prevent even Alzheimer's and other types of dementia. So really keeping the brain active is what I would suggest. You can do this through academics or school, taking classes, cultural involvement, something new, community involvement, if you have personal hobbies that you're challenging yourself with, and really just expanding your knowledge and, and learning some new skills while you share it with others and be social are all ways that you can boost your intellectual wellness. Some other tips you may not think about is listening. If you're an active listener, meaning that you're in the moment with whoever you're talking with and comprehending what they're telling you and being involved and critically thinking about what your answer will be. Like I said, having hobbies, but that doesn't mean new hobbies. You could also improve your existing skill set and do something more challenging. Mm -hmm. Studying abroad or traveling when it's safe. That's a wonderful and fun way to gain oh, more knowledge. I love to travel. I miss it very much. You could take a class. There's a lot of online options these days with COVID. Certainly reading if you're in tune or in touch with libraries or online things like Kindles or you know, just learn another language or check out a conference or something like that in an area that you're interested. Now, a few minutes ago, you mentioned something that uh, I definitely can use, and that is financial health. Yes. Financial health is definitely part of the holistic perspective. I think a lot of people forget that this leads to balance in your life when you have control over your finances. So definitely looking at your income, how much you take in, your debt, how much you pay, and then also savings, your rainy day stock, and having control and knowledge about how each of those is affected by your wellness or what you're doing from day to day. But if you're not quite sure that you have financial wellness, maybe talking to someone you trust, like a friend or family member who has financial wellness, or also hiring someone like a financial planner can be very helpful and give you a lot of balance when all three of those, the income, debt, and savings are in line. You know, it seems like financial wellness is on top of my 
brain all the time. I'm always thinking about that. I'm always wanting to improve on that. And so many people are nowadays. That's right. COVID has definitely thrown us a curveball in that aspect. It definitely has. A lot of helpful information uh, that is so important to us. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to move on to the rest of the eight components of holistic health and what we can do to implement them in our lives. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're here with Dr. Bessem of Hamilton Physician Group, Primary Care Dalton. Dr. Bessem, earlier in the show you explained that holistic health is the practice of working with the whole person to improve health. That's right. You work mind, body, and spirit with the person and your patients to be healthy in multiple aspects. When you're talking about wellness, there's really eight elements. We touched on earlier the emotional, physical, occupational, intellectual, financial, social, environmental, and spiritual components. And they're all interconnected. So learning about one or improving one can build on others. Well, now, what do you mean when you say environmental wellness. I think this is one people sort of forget about since we live in a first world nation, but having access to clean air and water, having a stable food situation, and just having a a pleasant, serene, calm environment where we can recharge our batteries, but also if you need it, a stimulating environment where you can promote critical thinking and learning are all parts of environmental wellness for humans. Let's talk for a moment about the spiritual element of holistic health. Sure. And that's an important one, rather broad. It really represents whoever I'm speaking with, their personal beliefs and what values they hold. Like I said, the mind, body, and spirit are connected. Research can show that things like positive thought patterns, having comfort and strength from your faith, it also contributes to physical and mental healing. Yeah, I would imagine. So social well-being. Tell us about social well-being. Definitely. Tough in the pandemic times, but having relationships, whether they're in front of each other or over the phone with friends and family and your community is really, really good for your social and your emotional health. We've had to find new ways of connecting, unfortunately, with COVID. So, you know, I encourage people to engage in video calls, phone calls, or even just visiting through glass like we're doing here. Right. But really the pandemic and not having those social connections has highlighted how important this element is to the holistic health. Now, I think a lot of people take advantage of things like Facebook. Yeah. Well, Facebook can be good or bad. Depends on who your friends are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. And some people spend so much time on social media. Absolutely. You can have some negative energy or you can have the positive energy on that social media. (laughs) I'm sure. Now, one of the eight elements of holistic health is occupational wellness. I would imagine that has to do with your job. It can, but sometimes people define their jobs as something different than their occupation. So 
it can be work, whether you're paid to do it or unpaid, like volunteering. Mm-hmm. Or if you are a parent, that's a very important job, but it's not necessarily that you get paid to do that. Right. But it gives you a lot of purpose. So really just reflecting on your values, your interests, whether that can align with your employment, that would be the best job in the world, right? But sometimes people have differences between where they're paid and their occupational job and then their job as in their purpose. Oh, I got you. Okay, so that's two different things a lot of times. Could be, yeah. Could be. Now, the final element is emotional wellness. And this has got to be a big one. What are some of the things we can do to improve our emotional well-being? Yes, I think this one underlays all the other components of the wellness. Very important. I would say that your ability to express your feelings, but also adjusting to challenges and cope with stress is really the big part of emotional health. But on the flip side of that, we talked about balance. You have to know how to enjoy life and when to relax. So knowing your strengths as well as your weaknesses and where you want to improve with that balance as far as your emotional health is really important. And don't forget to let others in on that one from time to time. It's not just a personal journey, but you can get help. Well, you know, you're right. That is a big one. And when it comes to stress, stress is such a terrible thing. And all of us seem to have stress. We sure do. (laughs) You know, that's a lot of useful information. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your specialty, osteopathic medicine. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System. Health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Dr. Bessem, you mentioned that you are trained in osteopathic medicine. What is osteopathic medicine? Osteopathic doctors, or DO after our name, we're listening to patients and partnering with them to get healthy and stay healthy, sort of like the well-being and holistic model. We do a lot of focus on prevention the mind, body, and spirit connection, and also lifestyle and how can you improve your environment so that your health is improved in the future. The osteopathic doctors, we have to pass all the national boards and exams, these license and all the parts of medicine. Just like um, a medical doctor? Absolutely. Yes. In fact, we take both boards in a lot of circumstances. You can sit for the MD and DO boards. We have specialties ranging from emergency medicine, cardiovascular surgery, orthopedics, asthma, or family medicine. We do the four years of medical school and then choose our specialty and do our residency just like the MD doctors. Well, now, does this involve hands-on care? Yes. Osteopathic physicians, we have additional 300 to 500 hours in the study of hands-on manual medicine, and that emphasizes the body's musculoskeletal system and the connection of nerves, muscles, and bones. And doctors of osteopathy are trained to use their hands to diagnose as well as treat illnesses or injury. So we use a method called osteopathic manipulative treatment, known as OMT. And this is how we treat muscle pain, relief for patients, even in other dimensions like asthma, sinuses, migraines, or carpal tunnel, lots of different areas that we can treat and also diagnose. Very interesting. Very interesting. What kind of conditions can be improved through OMT? Well, 
Anyone of any age is welcome to try OMT. There's different modalities. You can promote healing and really increase your mobility through stretching and assistance with us to show you what kind of things to do at home. But we have some specific things we can treat. A lot of the lung disorders like asthma, this time of year, sinus problems, allergies are really amenable to osteopathic medicine. And then also headaches or menstrual pain. You can treat structural abnormalities. Like if you put a kink in your back trying to shovel snow or something. (laughs) Yes. If you have joint restriction, any arthritis with the weather changes, it really restores a lot of the balance of the muscle tissues and, and tendons. And overall, the blood flow is very, very important to whether or not these parts are aligned. So improving the blood flow is also part of what we do to help the rest of the body. So you can actually improve the blood flow. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. Uh, you treat ages two and up. So from a toddler to a grandparent. Mm-hmm. So you can treat the entire family. Absolutely. I enjoy it. Having one primary doctor for your whole family has a lot of advantages. I already know your family history for good or for bad. And then also your stressors. I know what's going on in the family, some of the dynamics that could include financial stress and we can help somebody uh, with medication payments or options that are a little bit cheaper. And then also in communicable diseases like COVID or cold and flu season, if I see one member and I know they're sick and the other members follow in, we can treat everybody at the same time if they've all, you know, kind of traded germs at the house. Mm -hmm. So you can work with the whole family at the same time. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's easy to forget to schedule an annual physical. I understand that is very important. Why is an annual physical? physical so important? Well, like what we said earlier, you really want to find problems before they give you an issue. You're easier to treat those if you find them earlier or even prevent them. So if you're, you know, pre-diabetic or have pre-hypertension or something like that, your doctor can talk with you about how to bring those numbers down so that in the future you don't cross over and have to be on medication. We can certainly help you live longer and a healthier life if we catch these things earlier. And one in four people don't have a primary doctor. So if you're part of that one, I would encourage you to find somebody, make sure it's somebody that you trust, because having that good relationship can really improve your health. And if you feel like you can open up, you can tell them more about what's going on and help us diagnose you better. You know, everybody does need a primary doctor. Absolutely. Any age. At any age is right. Could you tell us a little bit about Hamilton Physician Group Primary Care in Dalton? Absolutely. We do the acute illnesses like sore throat, if you have an earache or cold, and then also any injuries. We could do stitches if you have a little cut or a puncture wound, sprains and strains. But also, like I mentioned, we do the physicals and a lot of prevention care if you need immunizations or your screening, uh, like well woman visits, mammography, colonoscopies, bone densities. But a lot of the bulk of what we see is the chronic conditions. If you have diabetes or high blood pressure, cholesterol, things that are ongoing, we can help you manage those conditions as well. Now, do you see a lot of diabetes? Too many. Too many diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And hypertension, that's high blood pressure. Yes. And in fact, that's the most commonly prescribed medication in the U.S. is high blood pressure medication. What about that? Uh, And lacerations, you talked about that, puncture wounds. What about stitches? Do you do many stitches still? I think most people go to the ER these days, but we can absolutely do them. I've done my fair share, but I think people think more of the ER. But you can come to your family doctor. We definitely can fix you up in probably less time, less weight. Yep. And less less cost. Less cost. Yeah. You know, uh, it's important to have a primary care physician. A lot of people 
need help with their diet. What can you do about that? How can you help folks with their diet? Well, it really depends on where you're starting, and that's why it's good to meet with your doctor to try to share with them what you're already doing. As far as diet, I usually look at the overall components. Are you having enough fruits and vegetables in your diet? Do you incorporate enough water? So just getting up to those quotas can be important. But for somebody who makes it a point to go to fast food almost every day, you know, having realistic goals, can you scale that back to only twice a week? Or, you know, if you have certain conditions that limit your intake of sweets or carbs, what's a good healthy way to incorporate those things that you still like? I would say for anyone looking to start a new diet, if you don't have a doctor that you want to talk to them about that, you can always look up the Mediterranean diet is a very well-researched diet, and it does help with a lot of chronic conditions and weight management as well. I personally am of the mindset of a plant-based diet, and there's a lot of research and trending toward that to eat less animal products like meat, eggs, dairy, and cheese. They're very inflammatory to the body, so it can help with your overall balance. But there's a lot of different fad diets out there. If I were to give any piece of advice about navigating a new diet, if it sounds like it's not the right thing to do, don't do it. I've had people tell me that, you know, they're doing the keto diet and they're allowed to have bacon, but not an apple. And that just, you know, in the whole sense of the world, that does not make a lot of sense. We've always been told fruits and vegetables improve health. So if you're on the bandwagon with something that doesn't quite sound right compared to what your doctors told you in the past, you might want to get off that train and get on a different one. Mediterranean diet, what is that? It's a less restrictive diet. It's more about a lifestyle pattern. It's more based off of the European lifestyle where they have a lot of olive oil and they use spices instead of salt. They promote more fish and seafood rather than meats and poultry. And certainly a lot of whole grains, fruits and vegetables, trying to do everything natural. So the rule of thumb on the Mediterranean diet would be if it comes from nature, it's good. So, you know, anything that comes from the ground, like nuts or beans, if it comes from a tree, you could pick an orange or a banana off of a tree somewhere. If you recognize it in nature, that's a good food to have. But if it comes in a package or you couldn't find it in nature, like Cheetos, <laughs> you can't find those in nature, you probably want to stay away from those foods. If it sounds like it's backwards, it probably is. So do a little more research on uh, trusted sites and ask your doctor about that uh, or do some research on journal articles and things that are more medically vetted. Yeah, talk to your doctor. Don't talk to Facebook. Right. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. You know, we really appreciate you sharing all this great information with us. Before you leave, if you could leave our listeners with one word of advice today, what would that be? Get outside, enjoy the beautiful weather, get your vitamin D and really find a place where you feel relaxed and try to make that a habit at least once a week. Wow, it's great. Thank you so much for joining us. Great seeing you again. For more information about Hamilton Physician Group Primary Care Dalton, phone 706-226-9355 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash primary care. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. 
Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System.